filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's my second podcast in one day. It's my brother's birthday, by the way, July 30th. Happy birthday to Big Al. Phil Buster Freestyle, your buddy Gavin. It's Wine Wall and Dragons. And we actually have Cindy Harrington on the line to talk Wine Wall and Dragons. hey What's going on? You sound pretty excited about it, Cindy. Are you a big Game of Thrones fan? So, you know, I'm no Dan O'Brien in terms of knowledge and analysis. Yep. And uh, I just started watching it, like, in season last year. So you, did you catch like, up first? I did. I did a huge binge in, like, the winter of 2015-16. Nice. And I started watching it last year, so. So you finally, like, came around on that little show that could, that became. I did. George R. R. Martin's Masterpiece. All right, well, I appreciate you helping us out tonight for a number of reasons. One, uh, you typically come on and talk about Southern Charm, so this is a little bit different. Uh, we'll call this one Westerosi Charm. This one's a little different. Uh, it's Wine Wall and Dragons. Dan O'Brien is in Nantucket, which in the summer is like the Summer Isles, and in the winter is like Pike. <laughs> so he, but he's in, he's in, he's having a good vacation. Uh, tried to get our buddy Big Larry in Philadelphia. He declined. Larry, that was your one invite. That was your one chance. Sorry, buddy. Tried to get Dan Ruddle. Dan Ruddle couldn't do it tonight. Um, tried to get my buddy Ann. Down in Texas, the the uh, the the, the, the uh, what did I want what did I call her today? Basically, I called her like the Duchess of uh, San Marcos, Texas, but she's en route to becoming the Queen of Houston, Texas. So she is no HBO. So Cindy, appreciate you being on. And uh, I'm like fifth in line to the throne here. Yeah, you're like fifth in line to the throne. But as we've seen from Littlefinger, doesn't matter how far away you start from the throne, it matters yeah. how you finish. And we'll get into okay that. The last thing I want to say, as I was telling you before we started the show, is uh, what people are going to hear is the regular filibuster freestyle theme song. But I'm working on a Wine Wall and Dragons theme song, and I just haven't gotten hot yet. I don't have it. But I'm hoping by the end of this season, uh, like the dragons used to be coming, like the winter used to be coming, the Wine Wall and Dragons specific theme song is coming. What do you think about that prediction? I think that's great. I look forward to hearing it, and uh, maybe you can feature it for the last and final season. I think that would be a good send-off. It would be a great send-off. Well said, yeah. Cindy. Okay, let's <laughs> let's do this thing pretty chronologically, um, okay. and we'll just see where it goes. Uh, it's, sure. it's, it's on me to prompt you with names if necessary. Not your problem. Not I your fault. I tried to write down as many as I could just to trigger myself. Well, that's always good. Okay, so let's start off with... Uh, can I actually ask you an outlandish theory that I may or may not have posed on Twitter? And I would love to ask Dan O'Brien, but he's too busy sipping Cape Codders on the island of Pike, a.k.a. Nantucket. Um, you know how last week the Red Priestess Melisandre said to Daenerys Targaryen that she believes Daenerys is maybe the prince or princess who was promised? Right, how, how about, that. How about yeah. this outlandish theory? What if the Night's King is actually the prince who was promised? Stay with me for a second. So what if the darkness he's eradicating is not physical darkness and cold, but the dark souls of the debaucherous a-holes who play the Game of Thrones in the southern part of Westeros? What if they're here to eradicate the awfulness that is Cersei? 
I'm just saying, what if? Is that a viable what if? Absolutely. I think so. It's really a little out there, but hey, I, you never know what can happen. I promise I have not been doing any peyote, but it just came to me <laughs> on a run the other day. And I'm like, maybe the Night's King is like George R. R. Martin's kind of like dark horse, literally. Uh, you never know. So anyway, I also asked a question, which, by the way, was answered in the show. Because um, I was thinking about the fact that, like, no one's in Marina anymore that we care about. You know, no one, you know, Ari is not in, in Bravos anymore. I wrote, are we right. done with, are we done with the continent of Essos and all the cities of Slaver's Bay and the free cities like Bravos and Pentos? And this is out of order, but the Iron Bank of Bravos came calling for Cersei to pay her loans. I was going to say, wasn't that dude that came to see Cersei from Bravos? Exactly so. who that dude was. So we're not done with Bravos. We are not I done know. with the continent of Essos. So we have that answer. And let's just call it, let's call it what it was. Um, remember in 2008 when everybody didn't pay their mortgages anymore and we had a, basically the guy from the Iron Bank was like, Cersei, I don't see you being able to pay for that third jet ski. You're going into foreclosure. Yeah, this is a problem. And she did what anybody who's ducking the money store does and said, give me two more weeks. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where she, and let me hit you with this one more big thing and then we'll go in order, which is. Beginning of last week's show, everybody thought, man, Daenerys Targaryen can do this hard. She can do this easy. She can do it left, right, any way she wants. She can moonwalk all the way over to King's Landing. Don't you think by the way they ended tonight that now Cersei's got a little bit of, I can moonwalk my way to defending King's Landing? I feel like the the overconfidence pendulum is totally shifted. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy because Jamie didn't seem to have a lot of confidence in her that episode as well. But now suddenly the tide has shifted and she's one step ahead of all of them. Yeah, it's almost like she knows Tyrion too well, and him being exactly him being her uh, the hand for Daenerys is not going so well. Right. Um, okay, so let's let's start with Tyrion and let's start with. Jon Snow and Davos landing on Dragonstone. They got there really quick. We got to make that joke. They, they move at the speed of light in this show. <laughs> I mean, if you can sail that fast, why not use that speed and kill the Night's King? Like, I'm just saying. I, I hear you, but he said the winds were favorable, so they must have been super favorable. I do like how the show has gotten gone on longer and longer, and now it's off the books especially. Yeah. The writing seems to throw little nuggets it's to the amazing. fans. Like, yeah. like for instance, tonight when Jon Snow was brooding and Tyrion came out and he's like, you brood so much better than me. I feel like I'm fail- failing at brooding. Total uh, tip of the cap to Kit Harrington's good looks yeah. and, you know, just using Tyrion to his fullest extent. Yeah, they're just breaking the fourth wall. And they're saying, yeah. we, we know, fans, we know. Totally. He's a brooder and the winds are favorable and stink, you know, screw you guys, right? Okay. Um... My question, just another outlandish question, is the Stark men who traveled with Davos and Jon Snow were dressed like they were still partying in Winterfell? And I just can't think all that iron is going to do well on a boat in the ocean. Those guys seem pretty comfortable after their sail. I just don't buy it. I'm calling BS on that one, too. Fair, fair. I didn't even notice that, but excellent point. Thank you. I've been very, very astute this week because uh, yeah. I, I mean, I just uh, I think I'm in mid-season form. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little bummed out. The season not not ten episodes. Um, I know. 
All right, let's talk about the dragons buzzing the tower, Top Gun style. Uh, yeah. Jon Snow is walking up the old monster staircase. What were your thoughts there? Anything there? Well, the rest of them didn't even flinch. Um, but certainly I think Danny was trying to uh, make herself known and, and give him a little shock right off the bat. Yeah, for sure. Now, what did you make of my crazy theory that I had Facebook Live yesterday that Jon Snow, before the end of this series, is going to be riding one of those dragons? It very well could be. That's a, that's a good one. I, they certainly won't let her do it, uh, as she brought up later on. She wanted to kind of right. get a lay of the land, so maybe, maybe Jon Snow's the man to do that. I think he's going to dra- fly one of those dragons. I really do. I like it. That's a good theory. I think that might happen. Yeah, I feel good about that. I feel like that was what was going to happen in the books if they'd gotten that far. Uh, so how about Melisandre? So I talked about this with Dan last week, which is going to be really weird for Davos and Melisandre yeah. when they show up at Dragonstone. She's there. And it's really interesting that she actually didn't play the – she took the high road basically and said, I brought fire and ice together. Like my work here is done. Yeah. You got any notes, notes or thoughts on that? Yeah, I wrote the same thing down. I brought ice and fire together. Um, it was interesting. She said, I have to die in this strange country just like you to Barris. Correct. Barris has got a sweet spray tan going on, by the way. He's not as pale and ghostly as he said in No, I mean, as I alluded to in the first week, Barris has been working out a lot of P90X. You know, I think, yeah. he, went, I think he went vegan for at least a fortnight. And he cleaned the system out. Uh, he's drinking kombucha from GT's, unofficial sponsor yeah. of the week. Got to work those guys in their team trilogy. But anyway, I digress. Um, first of all, Varys, it's almost like when you're a BS artist and somebody else is a BS artist and, like, you, you can't stand each other. And I'm not, yeah, yeah, and he's almost kind of like, now that you've done this, you might not want to come back. And she's like, to your point, what you just said, oh, no, 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 I'll be coming back and I'm going to die yeah. here. And so are you. Yeah. Like, whoa, prophecy yeah. is so it is written. Yeah. Take that, brother. So what do we feel? I guess, was he trying to warn her off? What is he up to? I feel like he... Him and Littlefinger, it's just like you really just never know. You never know who their contacts are, what their angle is. It's really it's really tough to tell. I, I, don't, I don't know. I can never really get a good grip on either of them. I'm more creeped out by Littlefinger than I am by Barris, though. For sure, because Littlefinger's, yeah. Littlefinger's a, a bit of a perv as well as everything else. You know? Yeah, that, right. Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Varys is definitely a key player. I mean, for me, if I, were, if I had been doing this show back in, like, season three or four, uh, there were a couple nights when I was all in on, like, Varys is going to win this thing. And yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of foreshadowing with the Melisandre stuff, and then last week... At the beginning of the show, and Daenerys called him out for being like loyal to whichever the way the wind blows. Yeah. Um, so he's got I, a couple strikes against him so far, like a couple. Yeah, and, and the shows never. Whenever they make something seem really obvious, the opposite tends to happen. So like, he seems really sketchy right now. Um, he seems to have beef with Melisandre right now. She's saying, "I brought fire and ice together," which seems like okay. Well, like now my job is done, but she's still going to leave. But she's still going to come back. Like. They're telegraphing a, f- a bunch of stuff here still. Um, yeah. Th- then again, I don't know, and I, I don't really have any outlandish theories on that. But um, I'm just – my head is spinning on how much or little I should pay attention to Varys at the very least. Yeah. I think that's how they want it. 
I think that's that's really what they're playing up. But then he proves to be helpful when he, you know, comes in and breaks up the meeting and tells cool. Danny about, you know, what the Greyjoys did. Correct. Because things own. things were not going great in that that conversation. Yeah. And let's let's talk a bit about that. I feel like um, clearly I feel like I th- it was such a big moment. I feel like people have been waiting for the two of them to come head to head. It was exciting. It was exciting. Um, it went about the way I thought it would, and, and Tyrion even talks about it when they were on the cliff, which was that the Cliffs of Moor, by the way? Oh. It kind of looked like the Cliffs of Moor. I don't even know oh, if it— Oh, it totally could have been. Yeah. yeah. But, but anyway, he basically said, dude, you came in here like real hot asking for a lot <laughs> about yeah. something you couldn't prove. Yeah. And But I think they did a good job of telling Daenerys, same deal, kind of like, yo, right. I don't know you, dog. <laughs> like, Yeah. So I think it went about the way you think it would have gone, but I do think Varys's interruption was well timed, even though he had bad news, which was uh, <laughs> Sand Snakes are in trouble, Grey Jewers are in trouble. But but at least he was able to say, "Hey, why don't you guys shower up, draw a bath, as they say?" And yep. um, you're not quite prisoners, but you really can't. You can check out any time you like. You can never leave. But yeah, uh, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about this next time. Yeah, right. <laughs> That was uh, interesting. I think we all knew Tyrion would play certainly the the middleman sort of peacekeeper role, and he's definitely living up to that um, and trying to sort of broker something between these two. Right. And I mean, clearly there's, and I I think I mentioned this on my Facebook Live uh, impromptu show yesterday too, which was (laughs) there's always been the theory that Tyrion's father is actually – his real father is actually Daenerys' real father. Right. And that he right. is a half-brother and Joanna Lannister and, and, and a Aerys Targaryen has some sort of an affair back in the day when they were young, which is yeah. why Tywin Lannister, Tyrion's supposed father, hates Tyrion. It's not because he's an imp. It's because it's right. not his imp. Um, right. So anyway, it makes sense for the three of them to be, you know, she's a full Targaryen. John's a half-Targaryen. Tyrion's a half Targaryen. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense that the three of them are going to be together. Um, yeah. Okay. So I thought he did a great job of trying to say, hey, listen, you don't need dragon glass. <laughs> you know, right. you've got plenty of dragon glass. Yeah. Let Jon Snow get it. See you what know. happens. Another meta real life question is how the hell is Jon going to get that back to Westeros? <laughs> well, yeah. And how is he going to get all of it with those like five dudes he brought with him? That's what I mean. It's, I mean, again, we're asking questions that we shouldn't ask. The realm, the yeah. realm will handle it. But that's right. That's um, right. All right. Well, so Daenerys promised centuries of peace. John's talking about White Walkers. What did you make of Daenerys's "I had faith in me" pep talk? <laughs> A little daily yeah. affirmation from Danny Targaryen. I'm good I enough. Feel like we've, I'm we've smart heard enough. This- same song and dance from her before and it's like yeah she's stubborn that's the problem and you want to like her and you want to be on her side but she's also super stubborn and only focused on her own agenda um so i don't know i feel like that's where she becomes a little bit less likable and a little bit more frustrating yeah let me ask you this do you think that john snow basically stopped sir davos from elaborating on him getting stabbed in the heart and yes, it, but she didn't. She didn't miss she it. it, right? Yeah. When and how do you think that combo goes down? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, and I'm sure John is worried about, you know, if 
she doesn't believe in the White Walkers, how is she going to believe that he has risen from the dead? Correct. Now, the thing about that is, and Melisandre didn't say anything about it either, obviously. Right, yeah. But she essentially took a chance uh, way back in like season one or the, maybe the beginning of season two when she burnt Khal Drogo and the eggs and herself and that oh, crazy yeah, devil right. woman. And yeah, yeah. she didn't die because she's impervious to flames, but like right. she could have died. Right. Um, I think him coming back from the dead would probably – and warging into a beast. And that's the other thing really quickly. I think the reason he's going to ride a dragon is because he has the ability to warg. And if he's a Targaryen and he's Targaryen blood, I think he can warg into one of those other two dragons. All right. I mean I'm not saying anything that book readers don't know or suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's I something like book it. readers do know. Theon's the worst and they fished him oh, out yeah. of the sea. from the ocean and they're like yeah we know you're a total loser <laughs> and then and scene <laughs> correct but i do think that sets him up to do something quasi okay right right yeah. micro heroic in like <laughs> you know season eight episode four or something like that exactly which i don't know if we really needed it but what the hell keep him in the show um, He's still alive, which is all we probably needed to know. Yeah. What? It, let me ask. Let me hit you up with this. Okay. You went to college. I went to college. Okay. You lived yeah. in the city for a long time. I lived in the cities for a long time. We've all either seen or been a part of a walk of shame in our lives. Sure. We all sure. have friends who walked or. Sh- is there any place to have a worse walk of shame than in the streets of King's Landing and Flea Bottom? <laughs> no. Nowhere else. I mean, Euron Greyjoy is parading Yara and the Sand Snakes through Flea Bottom, and there's we also happened to Cersei a couple seasons ago. There is no worse place to be walking home yeah. <laughs> or walking down the street at an inappropriate time, an inappropriate situation. It is the worst walk of shame capital in America, and that's a hot take that I guarantee no one's bringing up on the interwebs. That's it's totally fair, and the people love it. The people live for those walk of shame. Oh, man, the Flea Bottom Walk of Shame. That is a fake band name of the week. It's just so organic. That's Good one. I Thanks. like that. It's a little art rock, but I like it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can make it work. <laughs> How about this one, too? I'm sorry. I'm clapping. I'm doing that Hercules, Hercules clap from uh, the Nutty <laughs> Professor or the Clumps because uh, you have a famous saying. You say this all the time. It involves yeah. choices. What is it, Cindy? Yeah. Do you want me to say it? I do. It's your line. Oh, I, I, just, tell, I just say you choose your choice. You choose your choice. When somebody – is either contemplating a big decision or they are lamenting a decision they made or whatever, your line yeah. is you choose your choice. And tonight, cho- your line was essentially paraphrased. Oh, no. I heard it. Did, what, did you write notes down? What did you write down? Uh, what did I write down? No, you go. Remind me. Okay, so Cersei Lannister is clearly not just going to give the Sand Snakes an easy death. And yeah. she essentially, before going full Ice cold Andre 3000 on Elias Sand and kissing her daughter, Elias' daughter, the last remaining yes. sand snake, with the same poison that Eliana, I can't get her name right, that she used on uh, Cersei's daughter back in the day. Marcella. Marcella, yes. Um, boom, roasted. But boom. before she did all that, and that was yeah. some ice cold stuff, she basically <laughs> said, We all make our choices. Yep. Which essentially is to choose your choice. Yeah, I, I, even though that scene was so disturbing, I did chuckle a little bit at that. I mean, <laughs> like, she, and then 
then I was like, am I like Cersei? <laughs> yes, and that's why, actually, this is not, I'm not even taping, this is an intervention. You are like Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> There's a serious But believe here. me, Cindy, when one of the pundits of the freestyle, someone I know very well, your catchphrase got used tonight, essentially, on Game of Thrones. Yeah. You, you gosh darn right I wrote in quotes, you choose your choice in my notes. That's right, that's right. Okay. So props to you for being basically a non-credited writer tonight in Cersei's one of Cersei's best ice cold statements in her seven I seasons. I mean, she is queen of mind games. I wrote down mind games extraordinaire. She's just unreal, and and the woman that plays her is incredible actress. Yeah, she's good. Is her name like Lena Headley? Is that it? I think that's it. I think yep. that's it. Yep. Lena, always welcome on the show. Something tells me your publicist won't let you, and that's okay. Smart move. That's okay. Smart move. Um, so I love that the, the the poison that she used is called the long farewell. Yeah. Uh, and that basically it can take weeks to work. Right. And uh, that's pretty brutal. And that the mother's going to have to watch the whole time. Yeah. They're um, like, we're basically going to keep you alive to watch this. Let me ask you this, though. Is leaving those two women chained up alive a decent idea? Like I think the little girl's gonna the young the younger girl's gonna die. Yeah. But I, like they're gonna forget the about two, her. Did the other two die? Yeah, did Euron Greyjoy killed him in that battle last week. Okay. Okay. They were the two Fine. people hanging from his mast like the masthead at the end of the oh, fight. Oh, that's who they. Okay, yeah. I got it now. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're a tricky. They're a tricky bunch. Those those gals are. But I don't know. I feel like she's gonna have them well well guarded and. You never know. They're, they're probably not getting out. It looks pretty grim. I'd love for them to. Yeah, but it looks pretty to... grim. But, you know, it's, it's like we keep saying this and it keeps not happening. But, but like, Cersei's going to get her comeuppance. Oh, yeah. And it's the way she bad. gets it is going to be, I'm telling you, it's, like, it's not going to be Daenerys Targaryen. It's not going to be Jon Snow. It's going to be some, like, like Tupac said, some punk that I roughed up way back. Like, it's going to be... Benny Blanco from the Bronx at the end of Carlito's Way. She's not going to see it coming. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be that septa that she locked up. Maybe it's going to be that septa that she left with Sir Robert Strong, a.k.a. the Mountain, which probably is not going well for that lady. Yowzers. But anyway, I feel like there's there's like a sliver that like, just like I think Theon's going to do a little something-something, I feel like there's a sliver of letting that woman watch her last daughter die and rotting in a dungeon and that's, not doing anything to her. That's going to come back and haunt her. That's that's another take I want to see finalized or not in the next like season like and a half. It. Okay, and then, of course, after Cersei has a bone-chilling speech, you got to go yeah. home and make out with your brother. And I just wrote, Cersei plus Jamie equals gross family outings. And we're going <laughs> to leave it at that. I, there's nothing more to add there. It's 100%. Um, yeah, so gross. And then the, the woman that comes to interrupt them, or, or in the morning, whatever. Yeah, the, 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 the chambermaid. Like the same haircut as Cersei. So do all the women start like getting their hair cut the way Cersei does because she's queen now? Well, I'll tell you what. A lot of people got the, uh, the Jennifer Aniston, the Rachel, back in the day when Friends was the biggest show in the world. Um, yeah. A lot of people in Spain, because the king had a lisp, you know, have a TH for S sound. So maybe they're just going to conform to the maybe. the the, uh, the monarch's haircut, which, yeah. by the by, <laughs> she really got to grow that thing out. I mean, she's got to grow that thing out. I think Dan O'Brien literally said last week that he wants her her dad just so he doesn't see her head anymore. That's not nice, Dan O'Brien. 
the mayor of Nantucket. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a pretty good line. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a really good line. Let's go way north to Winterfell. Um, Sansa seems to be pretty good at being in charge. Totally. She's making sure they have enough grain. She's making sure they have leather on their armor. She's, she's really... Uh, you know, putting everyone in their place. For sure. All with Littlefinger by her side. Ugh. How about Littlefinger giving her the Game of Thrones macro 101 speech? That was creepy. Like, um, he essentially said what he's been thinking the whole time, which is fair and nice to tell her. Yeah. But you couldn't have told her that before you sold her into marriage with Ramsey Bolton. You couldn't have told her that whenever. I felt like it was super ominous. Like, it, yeah. it just... Yeah, I mean, anything he really says gives you a real creepy vibe, but um, yeah, it just, it was just like, this is never going to end, even if the good guys win, basically. Right. <clears throat> so. And kind of like, you know, he and Varys both got to have their little ominous speeches tonight, you know? Right. Not but, very uplifting. But I don't think he's impervious to being in trouble. I mean, I think one, and I wrote in all caps, Bran Stark is back. Yes, I wrote Bran, exclamation point, times three. I had five, five exclamation points. Oh. Snap. Not to like, not to like, I'm not going tit for tat with you, but that's an average, just to the fans listening, that's an average of four exclamation points. It's a big deal. From two pundits 600 miles away from each other. So, I mean, that's, that's right. That's, that's real. It's at least a four exclamation points event. Brand Stark is back. Deal. Now, yeah. um, Sansa's pumped, but then he gets a little weird with her. He's talking in riddles. Like, I get that you're the three eyed raven, but you got to break it down for your sister. With like, the, yeah. like if Littlefinger can give her the macro Game of Thrones mentality 101 right. speech, maybe Bran could give her the macro Three-Eyed Raven speech. Like the yeah. 101 speech, you know what I mean? It's almost, but I feel like his situation is like you almost had to kind of be there kind of vibe, you know? <laughs> totally fair. Right. Um, but like couldn't he have started with like the whole Hodor thing? I don't know, just whatever. Yeah. But I think that him being back in Winterfell is a very good thing. For Sansa, overall, I think it's a very bad thing for Littlefinger. I hope that's the case. Yeah. I also, I'm still, I'm doubling down on that Arya is going to show up and Arya is going to kill Littlefinger. All right. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Why not? Why do you like it? I I don't know. It seems like too easy almost. It it wouldn't, like, you almost kind of want him to have something better than that happen to him. I don't know. Yeah, but I kind of like when Arya just does her thing and just matches yeah, people up. I hear that. I also like that – see, I really wanted her to go south because I think she definitely could have and should have – like if anybody deserves to kill a Cersei, I mean – and believe me, a lot of people do. Yeah. But – including people we just talked about from Dorne. But, I mean, Arya's her, – her list is dwindling down. I mean, she got some people – this would be a good get for her. It would be a good walk-off homer for her to kill Cersei. I feel I feel worried for her. I for feel Arya? like Yeah. Okay. I feel like her path should be to King's Landing and then she kind of gotten thrown she kind of got thrown off the path and is changing her whole plan around where I feel like she maybe she should have stuck to her plan. I agree with that. And maybe and you know what? I think you actually open up some decent speculation that maybe she, maybe just because we saw Arya start going north, right? Yeah. After seeing Nymeria, her direwolf, yeah. and after the direwolf right. was like, I'm not Allegedly. coming. Allegedly. No, that was definitely her, though. Okay. 
I mean, it just seems like that definitely was Nymeria, but the point was Nymeria and Arya had grown apart just the same way that Arya has kind of grown adrift from her family. And I think what she I – I have no idea if she's going to turn back around and go south or not. But if Hot Pie was enough to make her say, oh, crap, I'm going to go north, maybe yeah. seeing your dire world and realizing like going back to Winterfell and being like a lady, a noble lady is not your jam. Like your jam is that you're an assassin. Right. Who's avenging the deaths of all these people that you yeah. cared about. So like to your point, Sin, maybe that was essentially – she's doing it off screen of course. But right. maybe she went about face and maybe she's back in Winterfell right now. Sorry, not Winterfell. She, King's Landing. She wasn't in the episode at all tonight, right? No. That means no. – and believe me, when people are not in the inter- in, in the web – in the uh, inter- uh, sorry, the episode, it means they're traveling very quickly. Very quickly right yeah. about the realm. They're on the move. Yeah. On the move. She is in the time machine. She is moving and shaking. Uh, <laughs> okay, Sam Tarly, really quickly, you know, yeah. just read the book, follow the instructions, cure grayscale on a grown man. What do you think about that? Boom. He just like mic dropped on everyone in the Citadel, basically. He did. And now Jorah Mormont is back on the market to get back and, and be alongside uh, Daenerys Targaryen, which honestly, she's losing allies like flies right now. They're dropping like flies. Yeah. Um, the so, scenes from next week make. It seemed like she's in a lot of trouble, too. Right. Ally-wise. Correct. So, Jorah Mormont's going to show up, and he's yeah. going to talk about Sam Tarly. He's going to get there really quick. He's going to get there super quick. Maybe Arya's going to pick him up on the way. Why not? Why not? Dude, I'll pick you up on the way. I'll drop you <laughs> off. I'll drop you off Dragonstone. I'll be in King's Landing before midnight. <laughs> All good. But good to see that they found a way to get Jorah. They found a way to keep Jorah Mormont. And the two of them said, hopefully we'll cross paths again, and they will. That was a very nice scene. I liked, I liked that. They're, they're two very likable guys. I want to know what that ointment was that he put on him. I mean, we saw him cutting off all the scales. Ooh, don't, make, don't even talk about it. Oh. It was weird, though. It was, like, it was almost like yellow coming out underneath it. It wasn't even blood. I don't know. This is my medical mind working. I was going to say, I, I, I know that... I know that you're okay talking about disgusting grayscale and the pus associated with it, but myself and everybody else is like, please don't talk about it, Cindy Arrington. We want Dan O'Brien back. He's grossed out by, by pus too. Dan O'Brien couldn't watch it. Dan O'Brien couldn't handle it, and you're just like, yes, what is that? I'm like, I want to know what the cure is. Well, no, actually, if you go back and watch it, the Meister said it. The Archmeister said it. Yeah, he cut it off and he put an ointment on it. Right, but the, the Archmeister actually like used oh, the name. He said the name, so. Oh. I don't think they're going to have it at your place of business, though, which is a hospital. I just don't. I doubt it. I okay. doubt it. Probably not just the same. Not the same just medical case. stuff. You know. Yeah. Like they don't get MRIs in the realm, but they have them in like you know at Boston at hospitals. Yeah. True story. And in Charlotte, they have MRI machines yeah. everywhere. There you go. On the whole King's Road. Okay. <laughs> also known as I ninety five. All right. So the Unsullied are trying to take Casterly Rock. Tyrion basically says, and by, oh, by the way, the sewers, I built those. And so the right. so Grey Worm lives. They take Casterly Rock. But yep. apparently Jamie's already summoned all the most of the dudes out of there anyway. And they all got to Highgarden, albeit again, very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> and um, maybe instead of dilly-dallying so much in the first five seasons, they should have just moved things along at a medium pace. Because now they're just moving things around real fast. Yeah, 
it's hard to keep track of it sometimes. But the good news is Grey Worm's alive for now. So so for now. So Davos Seaworth and Grey Worm lived to, to tell a tale, which means Dan O'Brien is probably happy, even though he has no yeah. idea this happened because he hasn't seen the show yet because he has no HBO on Nantucket. Um, but they end up. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself because. What did you make of the scene where Euron Greyjoy was actually in the throne room at King's Landing? He was in the Great Hall. Oh, yeah. He, like, bombed in there on his horse right up to the Iron Throne, which was kind of crazy. Especially for a seafaring guy. Yeah. Didn't know you were such a dressage guy, you know, such an equestrian. And then I also wrote down he called Theon a twat, which I thought was kind of funny. Called him that word. He sure did. And... (laughs) He made a very interesting comment to Jamie about, um, you know, uh, Jamie, unfortunately, as, as Cersei's brother, has also been her paramour. Yes. And Euron wants to be her paramour. And he definitely yes. said a couple things at the very end there that I found funny, but I also found unsettling. Correct. <laughs> for a family, Completely for discussion agree. on a family podcast. So that's really. Completely agree. We'll leave it at that, but I agree with you. You and I will talk about that one offline, though, because that was a hell of a conversation. <laughs> Hell of a conversation. Hell of a conversation. All right, so let, then let me get back to uh, the Lannisters show up with the Tarleys. So Sam Tarley's father is now on Team Cersei. Oh, I didn't catch You didn't that. catch that. No big deal. Sorry. but to, Yeah. Okay. No, I'm glad to know it, though. So the best part is that here's Lady Oleana, Oleana whatever, yeah. the last Tyrell. Screwed. And her so her reign's coming to an end, and Jamie Lannister, who he does, he always shows like an ounce of compassion every once in a while, and he's like, Cersei basically wanted to make a spectacle of your death. I talked yeah. her into some nice, calm, easy poison, and right. she's like, sweet. And now that I've chug a lugged in, yeah, she took that down like a. I'm gonna confess that I'm the one who poisoned Joffrey. Oh my! And I God. want Cersei to know it. And then she called Joffrey the sea warrior one more time. Yep, she sure did. And, um, you know, I'll tell you what, wait, but I would expect nothing less from the queen of thorns to bow out like that. Yeah. It was, it was the best way she could have chugged the poison and admit that down like a boss. And then was just like, guess what? I killed your kid. Yeah. She basically just played a game of flip cup. And, but instead of flipping the cup, she flipped the tables and said, I killed your kid. Right. Make sure Cersei knows. I don't want your wife to know it. And by yeah. wife, I mean your sister. <laughs> and you're not, it's not your wife at all. It's your sister. It's not your wife at all, but definitely, definitely your twin sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot that of stuff. That was a jam-packed episode. So any hot predictions for next week or for the rest of the season that you think, just based on the first three episodes or any outlandish theories you want to give us while you're sitting in the Dan O'Brien chair? Well, I mean, again, none will be as good as Dan O'Brien. I don't feel qualified enough uh, as he is. But, um, you know, she's definitely going to need something from Jon Snow. Who's she? Uh, Danny Targaryen? Danny, sorry. Okay. Yep. Yes. Um, she is losing people left and right. He is there as her not quote unquote prisoner. Um, and they're going to have to work with each other, I think, from here on out. And maybe, maybe this him getting on a dragon will will come to fruition. Man, that'd be sweet. I also think um, Euron Greyjoy is gonna is he's gonna screw Cersei over some somehow um, because people just keep saying over and over again, 
you know, you can trust him now, but just be careful. And I think he's going to, he's going to fly off the hinge somehow because he doesn't very, it seemed like a very stable minded human being. Yeah. You know, and she promised him that, you know, basically after they win the war. That, yeah. You know, she knows she's not going to do that. Right. So he, he probably now knows that she's going to, because she's also a very noted double crosser. So you've got two people who you can't throw, trust them as far as you can throw them. Right. And they're just in a race to see who can screw the other one over first. Yeah. That's a nice observation by you. I, uh, and then honestly, if, if, if Yuri Greyjoy either becomes a non-factor or obviously defects to a different team, yeah. uh, a lot of Cersei's advantage goes away, I feel like. Absolutely. Um, okay, good take there. I like that. Any other outlandish um, takes? What do you got? Jorah. Mm, that would have been nice. I thought, I thought it was like, oh, he's going to get kicked out of the Citadel now, and they're going to just start embarking on their journey together. And, but instead, he has to go and, and copy all those scrolls now. See, but I think he's going to find a couple other things in those okay. scrolls. Like, like... That's good. I like that. I think you're right. Basically, these are all old books that they need to be preserved, and he, because he doesn't have a... a PDF capabilities. He can't. He can't just scan it to a doc. Uh, he doesn't have the genie app on his phone like I do for my receipts no. at work. So he's going to learn a lot by writing it down. I mean, the only thing to learn better than reading something is to then like read it and then transpose it. Right. So um, yeah, I think he's going to learn a bunch more stuff that's going to be important. For instance, I hope so. Brand made mention. I, I, I want to get this in. Then we can probably jump off. That we can end the pod, but. Bran mentioned that when the long night comes, I need to be ready. So Bran is basically, there's there's not like an if here. Like this is going to be a long ass winter. And these winters like don't, these winters that are this long don't come around very often. So between Bran having to be ready and between Sam having to read up on all this old stuff, my guess is he's probably going to stumble upon the last time that the Night's King or whomever breached the wall or before the wall was built, what they did. Yeah. Now, a little bit nebulous there, but I feel like those books, <laughs> aside from having dust mites or whatever, you know, they're going to definitely have something. Watch out for those those scroll mites or dust mites, whatever you call them. I also think that George Martin has, has fashioned the more that Sam has stuck around and stuck around and stuck around, and the more that he's kind of stumbled into huge monumental things like yeah. Obsidian kills White Walkers. I can care grayscale. Dragonstone has all the obsidian we need. I'm thinking that George R. R. Martin has like fashioned himself, the human, in the book as Sam, especially if what people are saying recently, which is that Sam is now telling the story that he lived, blah, 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 that George Martin is, you know, he wants to be the hero. Sam's the hero. Sam's the hero because George Martin is the one telling the tale. And if it can be believed in a meta way that Sam's actually the one telling this tale. I think you're spot on. I think that's absolutely right. So, I mean, I just think we haven't seen the last of Sam. I think he and Jorah will see each other again. And I think the key to beating the Night's King is in those books. Yeah, I agree. And, I hope, and Sorry, go I, ahead. No, it's okay. I hope Sam stays a, a big player. I enjoy his character. Yeah. He's very endearing. Absolutely. And at this point, I mean, he's he's forging chains. He's going to be a meister in no time. I feel good about that. Um, grayscale. Carrying grayscale. I mean, listen, you're a medical professional. I mean, if you walked in and cured grayscale, you'd ask for a raise. So, I mean, good for him. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll get out of here on that. Stick around for a minute. Sam will catch up. And um, thanks very much for filling in for Dan O'Brien. We really appreciate it. You're welcome, Dan O'Brien. I hope I did you proud. I'm sure you did. <laughs> enjoy your vacation, Dan O'Brien, and everybody else. Enjoy your vacation. <laughs> Philbusterfreestyle.com for all the latest and greatest. Talk to you next time.